Welcome to the Virginia Economic Review podcast. This is Stephen Moray, CEO of the Virginia Economic Development Partnership, or VDP. Today, I'm delighted to have the opportunity to speak with Luis Da Silva, who is Executive Director of the Commonwealth Cyber Initiative and Bradley Professor in Cybersecurity at Virginia Tech. Before his latest stint at Virginia, he served as the Director of Connect, which is a telecommunications research center at Trinity College, Dublin. Luis, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Stephen. Um, thank you for the opportunity to talk about CCI uh, and some of these experiences that we've had uh, in the Commonwealth Cyber Initiative in the last year. Wonderful. Well, as you know, uh, the cybersecurity sector is one of the biggest and fastest growing sectors in the Commonwealth of Virginia. And one of the most exciting things that's been happening over the last few years was the development of the Commonwealth Cyber Initiative, or CCI. Can you share a bit about the mission of CCI, its vision, and its structure? The vision of CCI is to establish Virginia as a center of excellence globally in cybersecurity. And in doing that, contribute to the economic development and diversification of our economy in Virginia. So we have three mission lines, research, workforce development, and innovation. And they're all very much connected to each other, right? So without research, you don't get the innovation out of the universities and colleges that comprise CCI. Workforce development is very tied in to education. So um, we have these very complementary mission lines at the intersection of cybersecurity, autonomy, and intelligence. And Virginia has had the foresight to decide to invest in this area in cybersecurity and to bring together 40 colleges and universities throughout Virginia. The combination of about 300 researchers across these 40 colleges and universities is what we call CCI. There is a hub which coordinates a lot of the programs in CCI and the overall strategy. And that hub is hosted by Virginia Tech in Arlington. And that's where I sit. And then we have four regional nodes for CCI, each hosted by different universities. In Northern Virginia, the node is hosted by Mason. In Central Virginia, by VCU. In Coastal Virginia, by ODU and in Southwest Virginia by Virginia Tech. So combined, the directors of all these four nodes, plus myself and the managing director for CCI, we form what we call the Leadership Council, and we set strategy and run programs of CCI. When you think about the overall cybersecurity sector in Virginia, which is obviously big, diverse, rapidly growing public sector, private sector, many different domains of work, how does CCI fit into that overall cyber ecosystem in the Commonwealth of Virginia? We have the largest cyber workforce in the eastern part of the U.S. and growing. And we have uh, tens of thousands of openings for jobs in cybersecurity. So around 50,000 is the estimate that, that you usually see. So a big part of our mission is actually contribute to forming professionals who are qualified and can take on all of these functions in Virginia and help the economy grow. The other way that we fit into the general ecosystem is by bringing together these researchers from across the different universities and, and colleges. Virginia has a very strong university system. We have three of the top 30 public universities in the country. And it's particularly powerful if we can bring people from 
across the universities to work together. So I think this is kind of the secret sauce for CCI is the ability to really build these teams from across the state and not worry whether they're Mason or UVA or Virginia Tech. We bring together the researchers that are needed to do the job. And by doing that, we are much more competitive for very large projects. We often partner with local and state agencies on initiatives. Right now, we're partnering with Arlington County on a smart communities pilot that the county is deploying. We work closely with DIPC, formerly known as CIT, in some of their programs as well. So we make sure that all we do is complementary to other programs that already exist in Virginia. As I think about the field of cybersecurity, it's really grown you know, beyond just the internet. We're seeing now, for example, the IoT or Internet of Things is really exploding, creating a lot more capability, but also a lot more risk. How has IoT changed the importance of securing our connected devices? And I think more broadly, as we look toward autonomous vehicles, are the stakes higher there and how are things going to be different or important relative to cyber and autonomy? It's certainly true that the adoption of IoT in various sectors increases the threat surface. So there are new vulnerabilities, as well as new opportunities, of course, that appear once we integrate IoT into various industries. So, for example, you mentioned the autonomous vehicles, and one can imagine that an attack on an autonomous vehicle can have safety of life implications that are extremely serious. There are concerns regarding ransomware. So ransomware is very much top of mind at the moment because of recent large attacks on oil pipelines, as well as hospital systems and and so on. And you can imagine ransomware attacks to be expanded towards smart homes or IoT in general. The other issue that comes with IoT is related to privacy, because you have more and more devices collecting information about the way that we live and how we move around and so on, then this information needs to be secured for privacy reasons. There was a piece in the media recently about an attack on a casino database. The hackers were able to access information from their database through a thermostat that was attached to a fish tank. And because of that thermostat being attached also to the network, they were able to gain a point of entry to the network. So this whole area of IoT and autonomous systems being powered by the network and connected to the network is one of our areas of focus. So we're looking at how to better manage IoT devices, how to put them behind VLAN, for example, to improve the security and isolate the IoT devices, which are often less secure from the corporate network. Now, it's looking at your background, Louise. My understanding is you're a native of Brazil. You also spent a number of years at Virginia Tech and then worked in Ireland before returning to the Commonwealth for your current role. How has that sort of breadth of experiences that you've had shape your career journey as well as how you approach your current role as Executive Director of the Commonwealth Cyber Initiative? We are all the result of our experiences, right? So um, everything that we accumulate throughout our lives. I was born and raised in Brazil, but I moved to the U.S. pretty early. I moved here at first in my senior year of high school when I was 16. So some of my formative years were actually in the U.S. And then I went back to Brazil. I worked there for a few years and came back for my PhD and so on. Then I had this opportunity to spend about 10 years in Europe, in Ireland. And I think the thing that I brought 
from Ireland is this idea that by building collaborations across multiple institutions, we can be stronger. So in, in Europe, often the institutions themselves are too small, and sometimes even the country is too small to have a huge influence in a particular area like cybersecurity or telecommunications, etc. They are very adept at building collaborations with other institutions, with other countries. This is also very much encouraged by the European Commission, which kind of forces researchers in particular to work together across multiple countries. And what I found out is that there's huge power in that. You mentioned that I used to be director of Connect, which is this research center in Ireland, which brings together 10 universities in Ireland. And there is no question that by bringing together these universities, we achieved a lot more than would be possible individually. So we had a lot longer reach, a lot more visibility, we could do much more impactful projects, etc. So that ethos of collaboration is something that I'm trying to bring to CCI. And I already see, to be honest, people across the initiative working together really well and reaching out to their colleagues in other universities to really build larger projects. Shortly after I think you arrived back in Virginia last year, you wrote a piece in the Richmond Times-Dispatch, which is our paper of record for state government in the Commonwealth of Virginia. You talked about how the COVID-19 pandemic, you said, might have accelerated the adoption of technology and autonomous systems by a decade or more. And that really resonated with us because as we've sort of looked at all these economic effects of the pandemic, particularly the long-term effects, we think that the single most powerful change that the pandemic will have wrought in the economy is a dramatic acceleration of the digitization of business. And that, of course, impacts technology and the economy in many different ways. A year later, how do you think that's come to pass? I think it's already clear that some technologies are really accelerating because there's this broad awareness that it's possible to do things differently from the way that we did them a year and a half ago or two years ago. That by itself is also forcing some technologies to evolve faster. My area of expertise is in wireless networks, and so we're very much involved in some research regarding 5G and what is being called 6G, the sixth generation of mobile networks. And one of the drivers in terms of application is really a better way for us to interact with each other and to work remotely. We believe that in the future, you know, work is going to be increasingly hybrid with some on-site and some remote aspects, but we need the tools to also evolve and the network to evolve to enable this interaction between people in a more natural way. People are starting to talk about teleportation through augmented reality, for example. So a real sense of presence, even though we're in different cities, but with an increased sense that we're in the same room. So that's one area that I think the technology is going to move much faster because we're just deploying the fifth generation of networks and already talking about the sixth one and some of the needs that were brought up by the pandemic really driving some of this discussion. Then another example would be drones. We have seen also an acceleration of the use of drones, not just entertainment purposes, but for applications like lab sample pickup and delivery or transportation medical supplies 
or monitoring of public spaces, things that really accelerated because of the pandemic. There's also the other side of the coin, which is that the pandemic exposed how inequalities can also increase due to unequal access to network infrastructure and communications infrastructure, which allows some people to be more effective than others in remote work and remote education and so on. So I think it's quite clear that the communications infrastructure and the need to secure that infrastructure is part of our critical infrastructure for the country. And that to deal with some of the economic inequalities that we see, we also need to look at access to these technologies that are going to be increasingly adopted for everything in our lives from work to play. How can universities like Virginia Tech and others and initiatives like CCI help develop the talent needed to meet the cybersecurity industry needs of the future? I, I ask that because we're really seeing this tremendous growth, but we're also seeing a lot of the companies, not just in Virginia, but nationwide, struggling a bit to keep up with demand, particularly for experienced talent. We already have some really unique cybersecurity programs, degree programs throughout Virginia. Mason has a Department of Cybersecurity Engineering, which is quite unique. ODU started the School of Cybersecurity. And then just a host of degree programs from certificate programs all the way to PhD, focusing on cybersecurity. So we start from a very strong base. One thing that CCI is adding to that mix is experiential learning. So opportunities for students to actually have hands-on experiences that complement what they see as part of their degree program. One thing that is very important to us is that these internships be paid internships because it's, to me, a matter of inclusion to ensure that, you know, internship opportunities also come with a stipend for the students because not everyone is able to work for free, to be blunt. And so we funded three of these programs. One of them, which is actually run by Mason and Marymount University, is focusing on the cyber startups. And we already ran the first year of that program, so we have some data. And it's really, in my opinion, really impressive. We had 145 applicants for 15 slots. And of the 15 selected interns, 11 then received full-time job offers or job offers for longer-term internships that were then funded by the company. Every time that we open these opportunities, there's a lot of demand from students. So the demand is there. The students really value those opportunities. And it's something that we really can bring to the table. But then the other aspect of developing talent, I think, is recognizing the talent won't just come from traditional cybersecurity programs in computer science or computer engineering or electrical engineering. But we need to broaden the scope of what we think of as cybersecurity to other disciplines, because many times the competency that is needed requires really knowledge of the domain and not just knowledge of cybersecurity. We are working with researchers at William & Mary in the law school, for example, looking at cybercrime, some of the legal implications of cybersecurity. We are working with political scientists, looking at the role of cybersecurity in the spread of disinformation and misinformation. We are working with operations researchers who are studying and modeling ransomware attacks on the hospital systems and other critical systems in society. So I think having this holistic view of what cybersecurity is and being included of other disciplines is also very important if we are to actually expand the workforce to fill all this demand for professionals. I was thinking back to something you touched on earlier 
about partnerships you know, between universities and how that connectivity can make them stronger. I wonder if you could just elaborate a little bit on the importance of those partnerships between or among universities, not unlike CCI, but maybe even beyond that, relative to cybersecurity research. I think this is important even at the national level. I think that we do a better job of bringing together experts from throughout the country and working together on this. What we're seeing already in CCI is that there are some large-scale projects that we wouldn't be able to engage in if it weren't for this ability to work across universities. So recently, in the beginning of the year, we were awarded a project to work with the Marine Corps Logistics Base in Albany, Georgia, on the development of a pilot for a smart warehouse. And it's a very large project, $13 million project, and it involves researchers from five CCI universities, from Mason, VCU, UVA, ODU, and Virginia Tech. And that's, to me, a great example of something that's really enabled by CCI and by this collaboration, and that wouldn't have happened without CCI. And it touches on a lot of key technologies that I think are going to be important for cybersecurity. And there are similar examples in workforce development and innovation, where we take something that was a program in one of the universities in Virginia, and then we scale up to the entire Commonwealth through this ability of just building partnerships across the universities and colleges. Which research projects are you most excited about? And I think in particular, which do you think have the greatest relevance or potential for impact relative to the near-term future of cybersecurity? The one that I just mentioned that we're doing for the Marine Corps, which is a pilot project, I think touches on a lot of important and interesting technical questions in cybersecurity. How do you deal with positioning, especially indoor positioning? How do you integrate autonomous systems and what are sometimes called cyber-physical systems in a secure way. I think they really position us well to look into a lot of issues that are currently being examined and also positions as well to impact the vision for 6G, for the sixth generation of mobile networks. And by the way, in CCI, we have invested in research infrastructure that's aligned with artificial intelligence and also with the next generation communication systems. So I think that's a project that will actually contribute a lot to the understanding of how the next generation of communication system is going to enable new things, in particular, in this case, a smart warehouse. There are a number of pilot projects that we have invested in. So these are small projects that build capacity, essentially, in Virginia for us to then go after some larger scale projects. So one that I would single out is an investment that we are making in how cybersecurity can be used to limit the spread of disinformation and misinformation. So this is a highly multidisciplinary project. So there are experts from more technical side of cybersecurity, so computer science, computer engineering, electrical engineering, math, but also from political science and communication and the library system and so on. And together, they're looking into, in particular, how artificial intelligence can be used to detect deliberate spread of misinformation, disinformation, which I think is a big area of concern for the country and for the world. 
want to end on a bit of a personal note. First of all, just so grateful for you making time to join us today. Very excited and bullish about the work that you're doing, that CCI is doing, and that each of the participating institutions are doing in Virginia. It's it's really exciting on multiple fronts. I mean, you sort of touched on them, but research, workforce development, innovation, we're already seeing a lot of impact coming out of CCI. And I think the potential of what's coming the next few years is even more exciting. But just to end on a personal note, what are your favorite places to visit in the Commonwealth of Virginia? Thank you again for inviting me um, to this conversation. And I really appreciate any chance to tell people about CCI. I'm really happy about what we have been able to accomplish in the last year. I'm sure that there is a lot more to come in the future years. But okay, favorite place to visit in Virginia? I think there are many, but there's one particular trip that became very memorable to me. A couple of years ago, I went to Shenandoah National Park and I took a few of my graduate students at the time. And so we went for a few days of hiking. It's just beautiful. I had never been, even though I had lived in the area for a number of years. That was my first visit. In one of those hikes, it was a very long hike and I didn't really see anyone for hours. And then finally, in the middle of the trail, there was a bear, a black bear. It was a a momentarily scary experience, but uh, very memorable as well. So to this date, I tell my students that I saved them from a bear, which may not be completely true because I think the bear just saw us and ran away. He wasn't really interested, but it's a story that I keep repeating to new generations of students. But it was clearly a beautiful place and I would like to have other opportunities to visit as well. This podcast has been brought to you by the Virginia Economic Development Partnership. Thanks for listening.